And we are back here on the Big D Beatdown. I'm your host, Austin Smith, joined as always by Coach Ty Rogers. And today we are talking about that Bears-Cowboys game coming up this Thursday. And, um, and you know, our Cowboys... Uh, our Cowboys have kind of had a rough stretch of it, if you think about it, Coach Ty. I mean, we take on the New England Patriots when they were statistically the best defense in the league. We take on the Buffalo Bills when they were statistically one of the top few defenses in the league uh, the next week. And now this week we've got Chicago. And guys, let me just read off Chicago's uh, Chicago's numbers on paper. They are fourth in the league uh, at points against with only 17.3 points that they're giving up per game. Uh, they are seventh in the league in yards at 319.7. They are eighth. Uh, they are ninth in the league in passing yards, only 222.2 yards a game. They are eighth in the league against the run, uh, giving up only 97.5. This defense is going to be darn good, with or without Akeem Hicks. They are going to be darn good. They are going to be ready to compete. Um, that secondary a year ago was outstanding. Vic Fangio has moved on. One thing I will say about that is without Fangio, they have not been able to replicate the amount of turnovers that they got last year. They're only middle of the pack at 21st turnover, 20 uh, turnovers. And for Cowboy fans, if you want any kind of perspective to that, your Dallas Cowboys are the worst in football at 15. So, you know, they haven't been all that much better than the Cowboys, who have just been flat out awful at taking the ball away. Um, so, you know, that is a, a, a positive to this matchup. But, I mean, you know, the Cowboys, we've been uh, the top uh, offense in football when it comes to yardage per game for quite some time. And you know what? We go up to New England, albeit in, in, in bad weather situations, we don't put up a ton of points. We go to uh, or we get Buffalo on Thanksgiving. We only put up 15 points. Uh, we've got Chicago now. You know, another good defense. You know, we have we we we've got to look at those last two games and say, guys, fifty. You know, anything under twenty points ain't going to get it done. I don't care how bad Chicago's offense is. Buffalo's offense wasn't a you know a ton better when you look at them statistically. New England's offense has been struggling, and in that weather, you know they weren't do you know playing all that well. But our offense, this offense, has to be the best unit on the field. When it comes to this Thursday, um, you know, Coach Ty, let's talk about a few of the matchups. Let's start with this. Lyle Collins, one of our most consistent players this season. Um, he's getting ready to take on Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack has been one of the most dominant defenders in football for, you know, quite some time. Wouldn't say he's necessarily having a defensive player of the year caliber season this year. But um, he's still going to be a heck of a matchup. Probably the toughest matchup Lyle Collins is going to face all year. Um, talk about that 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 matchup because you know Dak Prescott being able to sit back and consistently benefit from the time that this offensive line provides him has been a blessing. Talk about what Lyle Collins is in store for against Khalil Mack. Well, the thing that I guess most concerns me when I look at that matchup uh, from a offensive line versus defensive line perspective. Uh, Khalil Mack is a shorter defender. He's a quicker defender. He's not a, a very heavy defender. Uh, Lael Collins is a long-armed, large tackle uh, who is definitely more of a run blocker, but, I mean, this year he's been the best right tackle in football, so uh, I'm not taking anything away from uh, what Lael Collins has done. Uh, but generally, <clears throat> a 
short, quicker uh, defender like him. Uh, and I played with one, you know, I, I was uh, in camp with the Colts for a while and uh, played with Dwight Free and Robert Matheson. I've seen what those guys do to big, long tackles. Um, to me, that's my biggest concern is that, you know, I don't know that it's going to happen, you know, a bunch per game because you can chip with him. And like I say, you don't have anybody on the other side you really got to worry about, uh, you know, where you have to double team both sides or, or have to balance your protection. You can, uh, you know, double team him if you need to and, and chip him and give Lyle help. But he's the type of guy that can make a big, long tackle look silly because of his ability to redirect and, you know, can end up hitting Dak on a, a big play causing a turnover. Now, the good thing is, is that he is on Dak's, you know, uh, his uh, side where he can uh, also help himself out by making sure his hot reads are, are correct and making sure that if he gets pressure, he's able to get the ball out of his hands. Uh, he's not going to get blindsided very often from the right side. So, um, you know, but more than anything, Khalil Mack is a special defender. I mean, you look at what he's done over the league over the past couple of years. Uh, he is very, very good with his leverage. He's very good with his ability to, uh, you know, take a, a defender, get up under their pads and push him into the quarterback. Um, he really led the charge in this last game. The, you know, the Bears were behind. And then Khalil Mack started really composing his will on the right side of the, the uh, uh, Lions' offensive line. And uh, once that happened, the Lions really didn't have much of an answer. Uh, he started to make the, you know David Blau throw the ball faster and, and have to get the ball out and, and miss some throws. And, and you know, that's the type of thing that we don't want to see happen. So uh, Leo Collins is, you know, like I said, has uh, definitely held up to the pressure this year. And, you know, for a guy who just got a contract, he's still playing like, you know, he, he doesn't have one. And, and I'm, I, you know, as a Cowboys fan, you got to be grateful for that. Um, but you're looking at a guy with very, very good speed, with great uh, redirectability. And like I said, somebody who's going to really have a leverage advantage against Lowell Collins. Uh, so hopefully he's really good at, at having uh, himself set, making sure that he's, uh, you know, keeping – uh, himself half man on Leo Collins, or being on uh, Khalil Mack and making Khalil Mack have to bump outside. And more importantly, I hope the Dallas Cowboys recognize the, the threat that's over there on the right side and will scheme so that way they can make him wrong, they can you know bootleg, they can chip, and, and make him have to not, you know, or make him have to do something other than just rush the passer or the wide nine technique. Uh, if they do that, they should be able to neutralize some of the effect but Khalil Mack is going to get his because he's just a, a great athlete so um, definitely a challenge but I think something that Lyle can hold up against if uh, he's given a little bit of help uh, with uh, a little bit of uh, strategy and intelligence by the coaching staff yeah you know uh, and 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 you know what I'm going to give a shout out to one of our uh, one of our people that follows us on social media he listens to us all the time all the way from Germany uh, Jorg, me and him were talking the other day, and he, he said to me, Austin, you know what Lyle Collins is playing like this year? He says, Lyle Collins is playing like the Cowboys made him sign that contract in pencil. And, and I said, bud, that, that is an awesome saying, you know what, and I'm going to take that to the show because he is. He's playing like he didn't sign that contract this season, uh, you know, but, um, but absolutely, this is going to be a heck of a test. Khalil Mack is capable of flat out taking over a game. And um, we are going to have, 
have to make sure that we handle him, whether it's just with Lyle Collins or multiple players. We are going to have to do that. Um, let's talk about another matchup, uh, Coach Ty. Um, Eddie Goldman, who is a big, massive run stuffer. Not going to give you much in the way against the pass, um, but but he's the guy that's going to allow a player like Roquan Smith, who's playing behind him and is starting to really um, – Get his groove in the NFL. A guy that was a, a top five to ten prospect for me a year ago, um, you know, and 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 yes, has he played up to the same standard as a Leighton Vanderesh, who was another linebacker in that class? No, he not has not necessarily done that, but he is finally starting to catch his groove. A lot of that I think has to do with a little bit of the Eddie Goldman playing in front of him, the way he's playing against Travis Frederick. You know, Travis Frederick. Um, does not appear to be the same Travis Frederick that we saw before the injury. And we knew that we would have to be patient in that aspect. Um, but this is going to be a big, powerful player over the front, uh, over the top of him. Talk about how, man, Frederick, we are really going to need to see the technician come out of you in this one. Because obviously, you know, you're not going to go overpower this guy. But that's the thing. If you can use that handwork, if you can use your leverage, if you can, you know, use those quick feet in order to wall this guy off to allow your guards to be able to focus on getting to that second level, you know, talk about what a big game this is going to be for Travis Frederick, because you said it best earlier. We've got to get Ezekiel Elliott going in this game. We have got to have the threat of running the ball from start to finish in this game. We cannot get to a point where we have to abandon it again. Talk about that, Coach Ty. Yeah, the the thing about the Chicago Bears is that you're not just playing against the defense, you're playing against the, the elements. Um, it's going to be windy, it's going to be cold, it very well could be snow on the ground, it very well could be almost blizzard conditions from what the, the forecast is looking like. Uh, so if you're going to win that game, you've got to be consistent around the football. Uh, you have to make the, the Bears play honest. You've got to get Zeke Elliott involved. He's got to punish people. Uh, in those elements, uh, because your passing game is not going to be near as accurate in Chicago. It's just not. I mean, I know we went to New England, and um, you know later in the game, the Cowboys were able to hit some things against uh, the Patriot defense, but you're going to have worse conditions in Chicago than you did in, in Boston. So you've got to be able to make that consistent run game happen. And more than anything else, when the Cowboys can run the ball consistently, you can't overload a receiver. You can't double cover guys. I mean, it makes us play honest. And the Cowboys have the personnel against an honest defense to beat uh, Chicago, to beat anybody, really. Um, when they're on, you know, in the play-action passing game and in the screen game, all those things that are important. So if the Cowboys want to win this game, they've really got to establish that early. That way, uh, you know, the Bears can't, you know, let their front four kind of get a pass rush and, and get everybody else in coverage. Um, and more than anything else against that, the elements you're able to move the football when your passing game is going to have, uh, you know, difficulties because of the, the swirling winds up there because of the, the lake effect snow and all those things, you know, you've got to understand where you're going. And, you know, we talked about earlier in the year and unfortunately we hadn't seen a click how the Cowboys offensively, uh, they should be able to translate to any place that they go. And particularly as we get into playoff time. This is one of those games where they can establish that so that they can have confidence uh, if they do have a chance to win the NFC East. And, of course, we're going to have to do the same thing in Philadelphia here in a few weeks if uh, that's going to happen. 
And uh, that starts with getting that run game going and making it consistent. Yeah, yeah. And the the, the last matchup I want to talk about uh, is going to be big because for the second straight week, the Cowboys are going to play a team with two very capable safeties. Last week it was Poyer and Hyde. This year or this week it is uh, it is Eddie Jackson and and Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Um, and these guys are familiar with the Cowboys star receiver across the way and Amari Cooper. Um, I, I will also say this. Um, Amari Cooper in this matchup, whether Prince of Mukamara is healthy or not, he is going to have an advantage in the route running. And that's my third matchup is Amari Cooper against Kyle Fuller. Now, um, I, I do want to say this, that Fuller is a very good corner, but he is better when he can be physical. He is not a guy that if the receiver gets into the route, is going to mirror with footwork all that well. This is not a guy that's got the short area quickness of a Jordan Lewis or someone to that extent. This is a guy that um, that really he, he wins off the snap of the football and in the physicality of the route early. Um, and, and, and Amari Cooper, obviously being such a good route runner, being so good, you know, getting off the press, that's going to be huge because if, if, if he can do that, Kyle Fuller can't cover him. Not one-on-one without help. This is not going to be a situation like Stefan Gilmore, where you put him on Amari Cooper and say, bud, take him out, take him away. That's not going to be the case this time. If Amari Cooper can continuously win early in the route against Kyle Fuller, it is going to force Eddie Jackson or Ha Ha Clinton Dix to help Kyle Fuller. And that's that's what I'm excited to see is um, I want to see Amari Cooper come out and put his best foot forward. This is a, a, a tall physical corner that we have seen Amari Cooper, you know, he, he have success against guys like this. So, you know, uh, like I say, you know, last week I was talking about running the football well and evil in order to keep one of those two uh, good safeties for Buffalo from being able to to kind of roam the field and 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 you know create takeaways. This week I want it to be Amari Cooper having success early in order to get help to Kyle Fuller's side so that maybe we can run the football more or so that we can guarantee that a Michael Gallup and Randall Cobb um who has plenty of experience playing up there in Chicago I want to see those guys end up with a lot of one-on-one situations because they're having to help uh, on Amari Cooper on the other side. Coach, talk about how how important that will be for Amari Cooper. Hey, we've seen some games where he's been a little bit more of a decoy because it takes a, a top corner away like a Gilmore or a Lattimore. This week, we need to see Amari Cooper come out and have, get a few quick early catches in order to demand that double team to open up everything for everybody else. Uh, Amari Cooper needs to be dominant in this game. And ultimately, we're talking about the Cowboys' offense. Uh, I mean, yes, he's had some pretty good corners over in the last couple of weeks. But Amari uh, Cooper's got to get going. I mean, you know, he's got, he hadn't signed a contract yet. He was talking about how he loves being in Dallas. Um, that's all well and good. But, you know, the, the rap with him with the Raiders, the reason he came to Dallas was because Ultimately, the Raiders believed that he was not an elite receiver because he didn't do the things that were necessary to adjust against top-flight competition. Well, what we've seen the last couple of weeks is that 
yes, there are teams that are rolling their coverage or putting their best guy on him. But if you're going to be an elite playmaker and you're going to get paid like an elite playmaker, which is the one thing that uh, I think that he does want, even though, and again, Amari Cooper's a great guy, so I'm not saying he's in any way selfish or, or sandbagging. Please do not understand me saying that. I think that he is class when it comes to NFL players, work ethic, all those things. But performance is performance, and we, he needs to make some plays. Uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys offense is incredibly dynamic when Amari Cooper is somebody that the defense has to worry about or roll the coverage to. Because, again, it does make it much easier for uh, the rest of the team to get receptions. But more importantly, if you've got to worry about stretching the field vertically and horizontally with Dallas, you're in a lot of trouble because the Cowboys do have the weapons to make that happen. And Dak Prescott has been great all year and making those throws. Early on when the Cowboys had success this year, it was because when they brought five or six guys, which has been happening a lot lately, if you, you know watch the, the games, particularly Buffalo, particularly New England, when they bring pressure, Amari Cooper has been able to beat a guy over the top and make a big play and burn them for it. So that type of thing has got to start happening again if the Cowboys are going to make this run at the playoffs. Um, it's definitely got to happen at least once in Chicago. Now, the weather conditions are going to be uh, not favorable for that to be something that's a major mainstay, you know, just a nine round down the field or a, a post down the field because of that wind and because of the environment up there. But one or two of those can make a huge difference in the game. So uh, we definitely need him to be making some plays, um, even if it's just a big third down, you know, on multiple series where he – takes a, a third medium and turns it into a, a plus yardage play and gets the first down, that can make a big difference because, again, if you want to beat Chicago, you've got to get up, get up on them and make them have to score with you. And the Cowboys can do that, but they've got to get Amari Cooper involved for that to happen at all. Yes, sir. And, 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 you know, the importance, another, another very important factor of, of getting a safety over the top of Amari Cooper is it takes one away because those, you know, especially Eddie Jackson last year was a turnover machine with Vic Fangio. And, you know, it makes Dak's job a little bit easier knowing that there's not two of those guys roaming, you know, uh, you know, look at looking for their opportunities to jump a route. Uh, you know, to to disguise something and then create a turnover. Because I tell you right now, guys, you know we 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 have to play mistake free football against the defense like this. We have to, you know. So that that's going to be what it takes. Um, we're going to go ahead and take another break now. When we come back, we're going to get on over to the Chicago uh, defense. Uh, I beg your pardon, the Chicago offense against our defense. Uh, we'll do all that when we get back here on the Big D Beatdown. And we are back here on the Big D Beatdown. I'm your host, Austin Smith, joined as always by Coach Ty Rogers. Uh, Ken Cunningham is uh, is hopefully hopeful to be with us last week after uh, suffering a loss in his family. Uh, just so you know, Ken, you know our prayers are with you, and uh, can't wait to get you back here on the team. But uh, right now, we are talking about this uh, Dallas Chicago Bears game uh, that will be coming up uh, here in uh, the the next few days. Uh, another Thursday night football game, and and we're going to focus in on this Cowboys defense, um, which has not been good nor consistent this season against a Chicago Bears offense that has not been good nor consistent this season. Um, the uh, the Chicago Bears offense, 27th in points, only 17.7 points per game. Uh, 29th in yards, only 281.8. Um, 28th in passing yards, 202.4. Uh, and 28th and run uh, with 79.3 yards. Guys, the, the bottom line is this team struggles on this side of the ball. 
like I said, uh, you know, in the pre-show, Buffalo struggled moving the football throughout the season too, and they were out, able to outscore our Cowboys. The New England Patriots have struggled moving the football of late, and in a game where the the elements were a factor, they struggled even more, and yet they outscored our Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, talk about this, Coach Ty, because. It's going to play a factor no matter what. Turnovers have played a huge factor in the last two games in which the Cowboys were playing. The Patriots and Bills, great defenses, poor offenses. They were able to get turnovers. We were not. Therefore, their teams were able to get easy points. We were not. And because of that, they were able to outscore us in low-scoring football games. Coach Ty, talk about how important it is going to be for this team to not only get out there and play with intensity, play, you know, go out there and play with focus and execute, but guys, we've got to play with an energy that creates problems. That way, a an errant pass or a a you know a football on the ground ends up going in our favor. The only time I can think of that happening was the Philadelphia Eagles. First two drives, we get two turnovers. We get a, a fumble on J- by you know the Jalen Smith creates. We get a strip sack. Coach Ty, talk about how important it is going to be for this defense to get out here against a p- p- opponent that's going to be somewhat familiar to the last two we faced and create the turnovers that our opponents have been creating that has been what has given them the advantage in the contest. Talk about that for a team that the bottom in the NFL, 15. The bottom line is that if you're going to beat Chicago, the best way to do it is to make them have to come from behind because they just don't have the offensive firepower to do that. If you get the turnovers against Chicago, you're going to put yourself in a position to where they're going to have to press uh, Mitchell Trubisky is going to have to have the game in his hands, and that doesn't work out well for them. So you've got to have turnovers. You've got to have something happen. More than anything else for the Cowboys and their defense, you, you've been decimated the last couple of weeks. Offenses have shredded you that should not have, and the confidence level is not there. So the easiest way to get rid of that and the easiest way to cover up any type of you know stinky stuff on a, a football field is to – get the ball back and create turnovers and, and to produce scores. So um, that's something that the Cowboys need to have happen um, more than anything else for their confidence uh, so that they can continue to, you know, make the bears have to be in a situation where their inferior, you know, which is the offense has to win the game. You know, the way that that's going to happen, if it does happen, is A, they've got to get some punch and some balls punched out, you know, yards after catch, that type of stuff, uh, where receivers are trying to stretch the play. You've got to get a ball knocked out of there. Um, Mitchell Trubisky has thrown a ton of interceptions. You've got to make him come off his spot and throw an interception. And, you know, more than anything else, you've got to get the turnovers when it matters on third down. That's the biggest area that the Cowboys lack right now. Um, You don't have to necessarily knock a ball out and put a ball on the ground or anything like that. But if it's third down, those guys have got to get off the field. And the Cowboys have to make sure that the the Bears do not get third longs, that the Bears are not able to just uh, stuff it down their throat on a third and short and get the ball back to that offense and then allow the Dallas Cowboys offense to put a pace together that the, the Bears can't stick with. 
Um, you know, and that, a lot of that comes from confidence, but it also comes from physical play. I'm hoping that some of that emotion we talked about earlier in the show is going to transfer to the Cowboys being intense and physical when they're uh, up there hitting uh, the uh, you know skill players for the Bears on offense. Um, it would be nice also if that defensive line, even though it's going to be windy and it's going to be uh, a challenge as far as traction is concerned, but Robert Quinn, Michael Bennett, Tank Lawrence, they need to knock down Mr. Trubisky a couple times and, and you know maybe strip, strip sack him, make him have to you know feel really, really nervous back there. Uh, that could cause some turnovers. And more than anything else, you've got to have that as you move into the you know, last part of the season. So uh, I think it starts up front. I think it starts with those defensive line guys. Um, but, you know, the ball's got to get on the ground and the Cowboys have to take advantage of it because the, the Bears don't have the offense, of, uh, even the teams that we played these last couple of weeks. They're not going to be able to come back from a deficit. So um, that's what's got to happen in order the Cowboys have success. Yeah, you know, and, and, and let me add this, by the way. We need to do some of these things early. And I know we've gotten sacks early in some of these uh, games, but we need those turnovers early like we did Philadelphia. And here's why. This has probably been the biggest problem for this Dallas Cowboys defense all year long. Teams game plan, offensively and defensively, going into a game. They do it every week. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. You put in plays, you put in formations, you attempt to do things that you think you have an advantage at against your opponent. However, the biggest punch in the gut to those game plans is when another team goes out and gets an early lead. When they get, they put you in an early hole. And then you have to take a portion of that game plan and throw it out the door. We have seen our Dallas Cowboys have to abandon Ezekiel Elliott a number of times this year, even when he's gotten off to great starts because the other team went out and got a quick advantage over us. However, Coach Ty, how many times have the Dallas Cowboys defense looked the uh, offense in the eye and 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 done something to help this uh, to help our own offense put some early points on the board? And force that that opposing offensive coordinator to say, well, crap, can't do this anymore. Boy, sure wasted a ton of time of that on working on that all week, didn't we? Got to throw that out the door. Got to throw that out the door. Throw that entire page out. How many times have we seen that this year? I count once. Am I right? Yeah, unfortunately, the, the number stops with one. <laughs> um, I mean... It's 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 that it's that obvious, guys. And look how dominant we looked against Philadelphia when we did what all these teams have been doing to us. That's the importance of a hot start. That's the importance of early big plays, whether they be through special teams, whether they be on defense creating turnovers, or whether they be on offense where you just flat out hit a big one. We haven't seen really any of that, even the big play from the offense. We've seen plays go 20, 30 yards. We haven't seen, you know, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper necessarily very often, uh, or Zeke Elliott, or even Tony Pollard, or Tavon Austin, or Randall Cobb. Here of late, we haven't seen, you know, all of a sudden a, a, a seven-yard slant route turn into a 60-yard score. I mean, we saw some of those plays earlier in the season, but even that's gone out the door. But it's the defense that I keep focusing on because in the one game 
that we have controlled from from you know from basically start to finish was the game where Jalen Smith forces a fumble on a hit on 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 Dallas Goddard and Demarcus Lawrence ends up getting a strip sack. And guys, y'all just don't know the impact you could have on our offense, on our opponent's offense, on the entire game if you just come out with that early energy and and get a turnover or two. I'm 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 begging this defense you know, uh, buy into what Michael Bennett has been preaching. I know he, he um, after everything he said after that Buffalo Bills game, and you know who I'm hoping for most, and this is going to be the first player I want to highlight with you, Coach Ty, Demarcus Lawrence. Because, you know, I don't care what the stat sheets say. Demarcus Lawrence is having a heck of a season. Are his sack numbers up? No, they are not. You know, Michael Bennett has come in and, and gotten some sacks. Robert Quinn is leading this team in sacks. But Demarcus Lawrence is still getting pressure. There are still guys benefiting from his pressure and getting sacks that 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 he had quite a bit to do with. And he is playing his rear end off against the run. You know, and he's getting ready to go. If it's not going to be Bobby Massey, it's going to be a backup right tackle. With a backup right guard... On the inside of him, because Kyle Long is 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 you know he is he's not playing. He's on IR. I want to see Demarcus Lawrence look across the, the 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 line from him and say, "Bud, you have got a long night. You you're gonna have a long night. It is not gonna be fun for you. I am going to be a difference maker in this one on a play by play basis." And I want to see Demarcus Lawrence come out and just absolutely—I mean, I, I, you know—dominate. I—I I want to see him because he deserves it. He deserves a performance like that that reminds everybody, hey, you know what? When, when you when when you guys cast your Pro Bowl ballots, don't you forget that sacks aren't the only thing a defensive end does. You know, I create sacks for others, and I play my rear against uh, rear off against the run. I want to see DeMarcus get have a game that reminds everybody, oh, I'm still one of the best defensive ends in football. Talk about that matchup against a, uh, a, you know whoever it's going to be, whether it's Bobby Massey or a backup player, DeMarcus Lawrence, you know, having having success in this one. Well, I mean, we talked about earlier how Khalil Mack and, and Lyle Collins are going to match up. Um, you know, the, the Bears don't have somebody like Lyle Collins in front of Tank Lawrence. And, you know, like you said, he I believe that he's worked very hard this year. I think that he is every bit as good a player as he was last year, but he's gotten more attention and had to deal with more things. And the linebacking core behind him is just not making plays like they did last year. So this is a game for him to really be dominant and to, like you said, take somebody who should not be on his level and put them in Mitchell Trubisky's face. And do the things that we talked about as far as getting turnovers, uh, you know, put together. Now, I, I doubt they're going to leave him on the island over there, um, and that they're going to probably chip Demarcus Lawrence. They're going to double team him with a tight end. There'll be a lot of things that they do to try to keep him out of the backfield. But that extra attention may be exactly what's needed to allow you know uh, Robert Quinn, Michael Bennett, and other guys to get into the backfield and make plays. But for you know, for Demarcus Lawrence's sake, I hope that he gets a couple of quick sacks and, and gets a couple of quick pressures, and really makes it difficult for the Bears to be able to 
just sit in the pocket and throw the football. And that he gets a little bit of recognition for what he's doing. Uh, I think he's had a very, very rough year because of, like you said, that extra attention. Um, but he's been pretty consistent all year long. And a dominant performance from him is probably going to make the the outcome of this game pretty uh, quick and easy for the Cowboys. Um, because, again, if you put the Bears behind, they're going to have a hard time catching up. So let's hope that he gets off to a fast start and that they have to draw attention to him and that in that that allows Cowboys to, you know, to take advantage of some inexperience in that offensive line and hopefully produce the things that we were talking about earlier, turnovers and sacks and, and giving the ball back to the Cowboys offense. Yeah. You know, um, another one I want to point out, and this is a, a pair, and this is going to go on you, Jalen Smith, and you, Sean Lee. Um, what, you know, I, I for, for those of y'all who have lift, listened to our pro football scouting show, y'all know I'm a huge draft guy. For those of y'all who have listened to College Football Central, y'all know I'm constantly, you know, keeping my eye out for draft prospects. Um, this last year, you know, after this draft, you know, I, I kind of went around and circled some of the guys that I just thought were gr- just drafted into great situations. And my offensive rookie of the year candidate was David Montgomery, um, the running back for Chicago, who has not necessarily um, been extraordinary, but but still a, a solid back. And, and here's the thing. I thought he paired perfectly with Tariq Cohen, who is more of a pass catching back. And I'll say this. This was my argument for everybody listening. I said, guys, I think Cohen is going to do his fair share of running early in the season for the Bears. But when the temperatures start dipping, when the weather becomes a factor in the latter months of the season, late November, December, even into January, David Montgomery's short, thick build and his hard-nosed running style are going to take over. I told people, guys, I wouldn't be shocked if the final month of the season, he goes for 500 yards. He rushes for half of a 1,000 that I was predicting that he would eclipse uh, in his rookie year to make him a rookie of the year candidate. Having said that, you know, here we are, you know, it's that time of the year. It's the final month of the season. And yes, the weather's going to be something. And he is a hard-nosed runner, guys. I'll tell you right now, um, we have struggled against running backs just like this. Sean Lee has struggled tackling him a lot of times because he's been just flat out too high, but he struggled. Jalen Smith has had problems with it. I need these guys to come out and be dedicated to tackling a guy that is not going to be a lot of fun to tackle in that outdoor stadium and that weather. I, I mean, because because that can make a difference. We've seen it. We've seen it with with Aaron Jones. I mean, we've we've seen it with a, a number of backs. We need those guys to come out dedicated, ready to go and ready to tackle. You know, I know we've put a lot on Antoine Woods and Malik Collins needing to play better up front. But at the end of the day, you know what? When you get to the point of contact, but I need you to I need you to strike him. I need you to wrap him up and I need you to get him to the ground. And that is exactly what it's going to take against David Montgomery. This is the time I predicted for David Montgomery to finally start to insert himself as a player in that Chicago offense. And oh, by the way, I want to throw this out there too. Tariq Cohen's 
Tariq Cohen, it was right about this time last year that suddenly he was doing his best Alvin Kamara impression, and he was just torching teams left and right by catching passes out of the backfield. So you can't forget about him either. But once again, if you make this team one-dimensional and you put it all on Mitch Trubisky, that does not bode well for the Chicago Bears. Coach Ty, talk about how tackling, you know, it's going to have to be big in this one because we have been very inconsistent in that area this year. Yeah, like you said, the Cowboys have struggled against backs who are hard-nosed, you know, may not be the most talented people in the world, but are definitely uh, guys who are going to finish runs. Bottom line is that in those in those uh, conditions, if you miss a tackle and you give a poor angle to somebody because you know you did not wrap somebody up or whatever, the chances of that person going to the house are actually better uh, because uh, the the speed difference can't be made up as quickly on a slick field. So the Cowboys have got to take guys down, and more importantly, it goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago. The Cowboys will win this game. They've got to get turnovers and they got to get stops. Uh, they can't be letting people, you know, on a first down when it's first and 10, hit them in the backfield four yards behind the line of scrimmage and let them get two yards on the play. And that type of stuff has kept the Cowboys from winning all year long. And a lot of that starts with tackling. It's got to be stuff that's physical. You've got to drive people backwards and you've got to be secure. You know, we thought at the beginning of the year this is what was going to take place, but it just hasn't materialized. Now, we know Lane Vanderish is going to be out, so that doesn't help. Uh, but the rest of that defense has got to step up, and, and particularly the secondary. They can't let guys get loose. You know, like I said, you got to make Mitchell Trubisky beat you. Therefore, you cannot let a lot of uh, yards after catch, you know, be uh, accumulated by the Bears in the passing game. You do those things, you really make the Bears have to struggle to win. If you don't, then you're going to give yourselves a lot of problems because it's not going to be a great track. It is their home field, though. You're used to it. The Cowboys are not. And uh, you don't want to end up, you know, in a situation like New England where the, the defense is having to, you know, make things happen and struggle just to get going uh, because that's just not a winning, uh, you know, formula for the Cowboys, particularly in bad weather. Yeah, and and my final challenge goes out to this. Byron Jones, Jordan Lewis, Cheeto Bayouzier, um, this group of wide receivers is not bad. Those poor passing numbers fall very heavily on the shoulders of, of the man taking snaps and you know behind under center for them, um, but Allen Robinson has had a solid year. Finally healthy, he is a down the field presence. If ever there were a time I thought the Cowboys should travel a corner with somebody, it is Byron Jones on Allen Robinson. He is a constant down the th- field threat. Um, Anthony Miller is a heck of a route runner. He is a guy that that can really give defensive backs problems with his ability to sink his hips and get separation. He's a very good pass catcher. He is a very reliable target. Jordan Lewis has had his ups and downs uh, the last few weeks against the Cole Beasley's and the, um, the Julian Edelman's. And I say ups and downs guys. Yes, there we, we remember the bad things. Jordan Lewis has got, had some good things too. I mean, he got his hands on a few passes in that uh, new England game taking on Julian Edelman. So, I mean, there have been ups and downs for him. Jordan Lewis, I need you to be ready because this guy runs great routes. Coming out of Memphis, I was a big fan of his. A big fan. And, you know, he is a, he's a guy in a game like this with weather that if he's running those short intermediate routes and getting that separation, 
You know, Mitch Trubisky might just start locking on to him and saying, look, bud, you know, if the weather's bad, I, there's no point in me throwing it down the field. I'm looking for you. I need you to gain that separation that you that, that you're known for. And once again, you mentioned it earlier. Corderell Patterson is a heck of a special teamer. Don't be shocked if they find ways to get a, get him involved on the offense, too. You know, when the ball is in his hands, he is dangerous. I need these corners to come out, come out and uh, and play well. And Coach Ty, uh, you know, let's uh, let's get to um, let's get to the final the final part. Uh, prediction and score, Coach Ty. What are you feeling, man? Who do you got winning, and uh, what's the score going to be? You know. It's pretty easy with a negative momentum to pick Chicago because the Cowboys have, you know, had this rough stretch and because of all the drama. Um, I say that, you know, with all that being said, I think that this is a week the Cowboys galvanize now. Whether they can sustain it or not through the rest of the season is yet to be seen. I just don't feel that the Cowboys, that roster is going to allow a third loss in a row. I don't think that they're going to just crater. I think that the guys in that locker room have more character than that. Um, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than, you know, what we would imagine because of the weather, but I see the Cowboys winning this game 14 to 10, 14 to 10 low scoring. Oh, coach Ty, you know what? I'm going to do something I've never done on this show. I'm sitting here looking at the, the score that I put down, the prediction I put down, and I'm going to change my mind. I've got the I had the Chicago Bears beating us 24 to 16. I had the Cowboys coming out, uh, another slow start, struggling to to finish uh, drives on offense, um, defense, you know, uh, getting on their heels at times, and and letting you know letting a, a, a lesser opponent um, you know go down and score on them. That's what I had. However, I'm going to change my mind here, Coach Ty. This def- you know, because I-, I believe exactly what you're saying. I think this team, gal- you know, they come together and they ride the emotion of the frustration that erupted after that Buffalo Bills game. I'm going to go with the Cowboys coming out, getting an early lead. And forcing that offense, that Chicago Bears offense, to play from behind. I'm going to change my mind. Cowboys 27 to 13. Please make me look good. Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys 27 13. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up there, Coach Ty. Uh, you know, next time you guys join us, we will uh we will be <laughs> We'll be determining whether I was right to change my mind or not. Uh, we'll we'll be talking about uh, whether or not this Cowboys team is now has a winning record at seven and six, or now has a losing record at six and seven. Uh, be sure and join us for that episode, and don't forget to visit us over at Pigskin Nut, the soon-to-be undisputed king of football news and podcasts, where you can find everything we do on our Cowboys. If you want quality football analysis with independent opinions from people who know and understand the X's and O's of the game, head over to Pigskin Nut. Remember, guys, Pigskin Nut, for those crazy about football. Also, if you like what you hear, be sure and subscribe to our show. 
We're available on a variety of platforms. You can find The Big D Beatdown uh, in the Apple and Google Podcast Store, as well as on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Podbeam. Click the subscribe button, and they'll notify you every time we put out an episode. Thanks for joining us today on The Big D Beatdown, folks. For Coach Ty Rogers, I'm Austin Smith. Y'all have a good one. Hey there, Cowboy fans. Welcome to the Unbiased Podcast on America's Team. I'm your host, Austin Smith, and joining me as always is Coach Ty Rogers, one of our analysts over at Pigskin Nut and a lifelong Cowboy fan, and we are the Big D Beatdown, and we are brought to you today by pigskinnut.com, the soon-to-be undisputed king of football news and podcasts. Whether you're in your car, taking a break from work, or just relaxing at the house, it's always better to be doing so while you're getting your football fix. We break down players on our pro football scouting show, as well as tackle some of the most current and controversial topics on our football roundtable we discuss some of the all-time greats on our show wide right and put out exclusive shows on some of your favorite nfl teams such as the giants eagles browns broncos Chiefs, steelers and of course your dallas cowboys make pigskin nut your ultimate source for football news and podcasts if you want quality football analysis with independent opinions from people who know and understand the x's and o's of the game head over to pigskin nut pigskin nut for those crazy about football all right uh coach ty you know uh <laughs> We're on to the Chicago Bears, a uh, second straight Thursday night game. And, um, you know, we're kind of in the same position we've been in uh, quite a few times this year where, you know, it's been a, we're coming off a less than impressive outing for our, our Cowboys. And and we're just waiting to see if everything will click. Now, you know, through three quarters of the season, um, we really hadn't seen it. Maybe once against the Philadelphia Eagles, but we really haven't seen it. Um, however, you know, emotions started to uh, spill over a little bit after this loss to the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, obviously Michael Bennett's one of the number of guys that voiced their displeasure with the way things are going, uh, you know, in the locker room after that game. Uh, a lot of guys coming out afterwards and saying, guys, you know, it wasn't really fighting. It was more kind of a come-to-Jesus meeting where guys – you know, if you think that that us playing this caliber of football is going to get us anywhere in the division, in the playoffs, you know, uh, you're kidding yourself. And and Michael Bennett was kind of the the you know the 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 main one in that conversation. Which, you know, uh, who knows? You know, I mean, it's nice to have an outsider's perspective because obviously he's only been with this team a few weeks, and ever since he's come in, he's done what he's been asked to do. He's gotten pressure on the quarterback. Um, and now he's letting them know that guys, I've seen championship football and this ain't championship football. This isn't even close. Um, you know, no matter how much talent we have guys, we have to take our work ethic, our preparation, our execution to another level. Um, do you see that, uh, do you see that making a difference this week? Do you think that maybe this is finally what this team needed? A, a good old fashioned, you know, butt chewing, you know, to let them know that, guys, I, I don't know who, who tricked you into thinking that all you had to do was show up, you know, and look good in your uniforms. But but that's not the way this works, you know. You know, Super Bowls, playoff victories, division championships are to be earned. And I know y'all have got them in the past, but none of y'all have won on the same level as me. And you know what? I'm telling you right now, this ain't good enough. Do you think uh, that that's what this team needed, and that we're gonna uh, we're gonna see a different football team, a different effort, a di- different amount of focus uh, in Chicago? You know, I'd like to think so. Um, being somebody who's been in a lot of locker rooms, I can tell you for sure that when it comes down to motivation, generally motivation is going to come 
from the internal source uh, a lot faster than the coaching staff, uh, particularly when you have somebody that has experience and a pedigree, uh, you know, has a ring that they uh, can point to and say, look, well, you know, I've been to the mountaintop and I know what it takes to get there. Um, uh, I think that that's something that is, you know, uh, a galvanizing effect on particularly young guys uh, because uh, they're all chasing that that uh, signature, you know, uh, win and that signature status of being a Super Bowl champion. But, I mean, our Dallas Cowboys have shown that just because that's something that, that's a goal doesn't mean that they're able to put it all together. The bigger question is going to be what is going to happen here with this coaching staff and what's going to happen with uh, the rumors that are persistent. Uh, a reporter here in Dallas going as far as to say that Jason Garrett has no friends in the front office, that he will be replaced. It's just a matter of timing. Um, there are two ways that a coaching staff can look at that. Uh, Jason Garrett can either say, okay, well, my time's up and I'm just going to mail it in from here and get ready for you know my role in the offseason to find another position. And uh, a lot of times that means that people aren't working as hard. Uh, the other way that that could go is that Jason Garrett can look at it as a challenge, knowing that even though things have not gone the way we wanted them to for the Cowboys this year, that you know they were still first place in the NFC East. They still have the opportunity to go make the playoffs. And like you mentioned, once you get in the playoffs, you can talk about number one seed, number four seed, whatever. I mean, heck, the San Francisco 49ers, which uh, you know supposedly has been the best team in the NFC all year, they didn't even play last night. Now they're the number five seed, not the number two. Uh, those things are, are very arbitrary in telling you know what is going to happen in a playoff situation. Everybody remembers the New York Giants that were 6-6 six and six that rolled in the playoffs, whooped our Dallas Cowboys, and then went on the Super Bowl. So those things happen. Um, the, the response is going to be what tells the tale. And uh, everything I've seen coming out of uh, you know, the Cowboys locker room, everything that's coming out of the media, is that the Cowboys are practicing with a chip on their shoulder this week. A lot of the uh, veterans uh, in the locker room, including our stars, Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, have all mentioned that uh, they feel a sense of urgency about things. Uh, there are a lot of positive signs in what's being said. Uh, now, whether or not that translates into being able to take on the Chicago Bears team, which uh, has a very, very good defense. You're not going to have a lot of room for error against them. Uh, just like with Buffalo, if you get behind, you're probably not going to be able to just roll on back uh, against that defense. But the offense that Buffalo, that Buffalo rolled in here uh, with is is like you know the the St. Louis Rams of the 2000s compared to uh, the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears, in my mind, have either the worst offense or the second worst offense in the league after watching a lot of football this year. Uh, so uh, you know whether or not those things translate, I don't know, but hopefully uh, the Cowboys will be galvanized and ready to go. Absolutely, you know, and and. You know, it, it's funny because you, we ask ourselves, what kind of what kind of response are we going to get out of Jason Garrett if his time is truly up here in Dallas? You know, and you know, I'm I'm a little intrigued about what we might see from Garrett because the truth is, guys, and you have to understand this. Uh, I I get it. You know, Cowboy fans, we want him out. I've jumped on that bandwagon finally, and I've 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 drawn that line. But but you still have to have a respect for for what Jason Garrett has done for this franchise and what this franchise means to him. Guys, for those of y'all who don't know, Jason Garrett's father 
was a legendary scout for the Dallas Cowboys for quite some time. Jason Garrett comes into this league. He's a backup quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys when we win, you know, Super Bowls. Um, it's his first head coaching opportunity as well. I've got to imagine that this was Jason Garrett's dream job. And you know what? If 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 this is going to be it for you, if this is your final four games, plus you know whatever happens if we win a playoff spot, if we win this division, I mean, but you know, you you can lay down and and let your legacy just continue to uh, just just get egg on it and 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 stuff like that. You know, then then I mean, don't forget, you know, I mean, there's been good things here. You know, we don't want. You know, as a as a cowboy fan, I don't want to only remember Jason Garrett for his shortcomings. I want to remember Jason Garrett for for some of the positive things he's done. You know, uh, a winning record in the NFC East that is, I mean, quite one sided. Uh, and and Jason, hey, if if this is it for you, bud, finish strong. You know, hold back. Don't hold back, man. Get in those uh, assistant those coordinators' ears and say, hey, guys, you know what? We need to do this right here. You know, start instructing, saying, hey, man, uh, Chris, send some pressure on this one. Kellen, let's pull that trick play out. Let, let, let's throw that screen. Let's do this. I mean, Jason Garrett, get insertive. Give us your best coaching because at the end of the day, you have the opportunity to, to define how this narrative ends for you. If indeed it is going to end, which I think um, it sounds to me like that will be the case come season's end. Um, and don't forget. We, we still control our own destiny. We are still in first place of this division. You know, and I know the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, that game against them is really going to be what decides it. But at the end of the day, the Philadelphia Eagles just lost to the Miami Dolphins. Now, I know the Cowboys didn't put out their best effort versus the Dolphins either. But in the end, we won. Had 200-yard rushers. So, you know, we are still in first place. And a playoff spot has to be goal number one. And playing good football is the way we're going to do it. Playing better football than we've played all year long. Because once you get into the playoffs, the only thing that a regular season record matters for is home field advantage. And right now, I mean, yes, New Orleans and Seattle hold those, uh, you know, hold those advantages. I got news for you. We've beaten New Orleans and New Orleans here recently. We've beaten Seattle and Seattle here in the last few years. You know, I know those are tough places to play, but you know what? At the end of the day, once those playoffs start, it's not about who was the hottest team in the season. It's about who's playing the best football now. Jason Garrett, if you can get this team playing their best football, you know, that that's you know that's really all we can ask of you, sir. That's all we can ask of you. Um, let's get into the injury report, Coach Ty. Um you know, Leighton Vander Esch, uh, already been ruled out this week. Um, Antoine Woods did not practice on Monday. Jeff Heath did not practice on Monday. Um, Randall Cobb was out, but he was sick. Amari Cooper, you know, full go after what was kind of a scary shot to the leg. I mean, that poor guy from the waist down has just been falling apart and fighting through all kinds of things. Uh, it seemed for sure that, 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 that shot was going to see him miss some time, but no, he's, uh, he he hadn't he hadn't missed a, uh, a practice, so uh, it's good news for the Cowboys. On the other side, the Chicago Bears um, Chicago Bears have quite a list of um, of players that are going to either miss or certainly going to miss practice time. Uh, Akeem Hicks 
who is definitely a difference maker on that defense. He will not. Um, he will not be playing. Uh, for all those that can do math, yes, if you're put on IR, you have to miss eight games. That's not eight weeks. You have to miss eight games before you're eligible to return. Yes, he has missed eight weeks, but there was a bye week in there. Therefore, he has to miss the ninth in order to accrue that eighth game, in which case he can return after Thursday's game against the Cowboys. So, Akeem Hicks, guys, that's huge. Before his injury, they were averaging over four sacks a game. Since then, they're under two sacks a game. So, I mean, that is that is a big deal. He makes a difference across the board on that defensive line. Um, Trevathan has been out. Uh, does not appear he's going to be back this week. Uh, McManus, uh, their corner, and and Adam Shaheen, their tight end, both put on IR. Uh, Bobby Massey, their right tackle. Um, Tyler Gabriel, their uh, their uh, their little slot, one of their two slot receivers, uh, both questionable as well. And now Prince of Mukamara is missing practice as well. So I mean, this is a team that's got a laundry list of injuries. Um, Coach Ty, you know, I mean, this Chicago Bears team. You know, they're, they're having enough problems this season. And it's not like our Cowboys aren't. But, man, when you start looking at some of these injuries that are stacking up for them, do you see the Cowboys, uh, you know, depth? Because this is a team, guys, that has built some depth. I mean, I know, I know it hasn't been a pretty picture this year. But going into this season, we were confident in a lot of our reserve players you know, is does that do you think the Cowboys are going to have advantage in that regard? Seeing as how Chicago's got quite a few guys that might miss this game. Yeah, I think that they are going to have uh, some advantages, and uh, the advantages are that their receiving core is going to match up against that secondary with some people who are hurt. I mean, if you watch the Lions and the and the Bears this week. Um, you know, you saw David Blau, who uh, shout out to David Blau uh, from Carrollton Creek View High School, a uh, place that I coached and uh, is, uh, was coached by uh, several of uh, my uh, friends on the coaching staff. Um, so, uh, oh, you there? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, sorry, yeah, yeah. I, I lost you there for a second. Um, you know, he came into the game and, you know, for the first half of that game, just completely torched the the secondary first uh, first uh completion a 75 yard touchdown so uh i think that you know they have some weaknesses there that uh, the cowboys can exploit with the depth of their receiving core um but a lot of it's going to be getting zeke elliott going um you know we've talked about that in previous podcasts that was the seemed to be the thing they were going to do with buffalo and then they just you know uh, quit uh, running the football with any type of uh plan it seemed like so um, I think the Cowboys have an advantage distinctly on offense. Uh, on defense, uh, you know, the Bears are, are definitely, um, you know, uh, are definitely <laughs> in a position where they're if they're missing playmakers, it, it doesn't help them at all. Uh, and Mr. Bisky, you know, is just not the, the, the best quarterback. He can't make those guys better. And so uh, I think that, you know, the, there's an advantage there also for the Cowboys. Now, the one area that, where I know we're going to get to special teams. And ultimately, I think the Bears may have an advantage there because uh, the Bears still have a very dangerous returner. And the Cowboys are having to play some of their guys that would be just special teams reserves uh, on the field in other areas. Um, so, you know, perhaps the Bears have an advantage there. But ultimately, yeah, I think that the roster uh, breakdown right now with the injuries definitely is an advantage Dallas. Uh, but Dallas got to take, you know, got to take advantage of the advantage.
particularly getting off to a fast start like we've talked about in previous games. Absolutely. You know, and I, I want to toss this out there, too. Speaking of special teams, I, I skipped right over this note. Uh, uh, it appears the Cowboys are sticking with Brett Maher uh, after ha- bringing in three uh, kickers at the beginning of the week um, to get an idea of what was available on the street. And Coach Ty, uh, you took the words right out of my mouth when we talked about that pre-show uh, because Coach Ty says to me, he says, man, how bad were those three kickers? And I said, yeah. I said, that's uh, that's got to be an indictment of, man, you know, <laughs> you, you, you think you need a change until you see what's available out there to you. And, uh, and it was just not all that um, enough to entice the Cowboys to make a change at kicker. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is a team that um, – is built to, you know, overcome some of the injuries that maybe Chicago's not quite. I mean, like I say, Akeem Hicks, losing Akeem Hicks has been, you know, just a terrible loss for this team. Um, They are not the same up the middle. They are not the same rushing the passer. Um, Whereas the Cowboys lose a guy up the middle like uh, Connor Williams. And we've got a a, a guy that started, I mean, you know, multiple seasons he's been a starter, whether it be in Houston or in Dallas, that he started games at left guard in Xavier Suofilo. You know, last year we lose Travis Frederick. We've got a guy in Joe Looney who started games in this league before he got to Dallas, has a solid year as our center. I mean, so... I mean, we do have the depth to make up for some of these injuries where maybe Chicago's not quite uh, capable of doing that. Uh, That could give the Dallas Cowboys an advantage. Um, Once again, this is an advantage we have to take advantage of. You know, this can't be, you know, just coming in and looking at uh, a piece of paper and understanding, oh, we've got better players than they do and and becoming complacent and satisfied with your chances in the game. No, you've got to go out there and beat a, a football team that is going to be just as desperate to you as to win this because Chicago is looking at Minnesota and Green Bay kind of distancing themselves. They're looking at San Francisco and Seattle, who are jockeying for either the second or fifth best record in the NFC. Guys, Chicago's got one chance, and that, that, that they've got to win out in order to catch the Vikings, in order to catch the Green Bay Packers, and, and get into one of those t- top two slots in that division. Because honestly, that's where it's likely going to come from, is, is winning that division or being that second wild card you know, behind either San Francisco or Seattle. So you're going to get their best effort no matter who you know, lines up on the field and the Cowboys better be ready in a, a cold, windy environment that Chicago's going to produce. You better be ready to match that intensity. We're going to go ahead and take a break now. When we come back, we're going to talk about this Dallas Cowboys offense taking on that uh, Chicago defense. And boy, is it a good one. We'll get to all that when we get back here on the Big D Beatdown. 